Hi, I'm Debbie Georgettis, and today on America Can We Talk, we're going to talk about today's Democrat Party's agenda sold to us by charmers, charlatans, and cheaters, nationalizing election fraud, more news on that front, and the Green New Deal we need to make the Democrats own or denounce socialism. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And welcome back. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, and this is America Can We Talk. Welcome to my first five. Well, just a few hours ago this morning, I hate to agree that she is Speaker of the House, but the Republicans do not hold the majority. So the Democrat majority in the U.S. House, led by Nancy Pelosi, actually issued a statement signed on to by many senior Democrats denouncing a Democrat Congresswoman, Omar, the new Democrat Congresswoman from Minnesota, denouncing her anti-Semitic language. I want to give the Democrats credit for this. This Democrat Congresswoman, Ilan Omar, from Minnesota, has made countless anti-Semitic statements, countless just unjustified anti-Semitic recycling uh, old... uh, false, just lies about the Jewish people, about the state of Israel. And finally, the Democrats spoke up. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't think they spoke up because they were actually that offended by it. She said many things like that, and they have been silent. But what she took a shot at recently, uh, this representative, was the organization um, APAC, which is the American-Israel PAC. It's a, a national organization. It takes every member, every new member of Congress over to Israel uh, right after the elections every year. So people who are going to be making laws about our country's involvement in the Middle East can see Israel if they want. APAC is widely known as being very moderate. In fact, some of the more conservative advocates for Israel and for protecting Israel's freedom as they, where they are in the world, surrounded by their enemies, think of APAC as too moderate. But anyway, APAC had their big event uh, just this past weekend, and I guess it was just too much for this Representative Omar. So the good news was that the Democrats did denounce what she had to say. They said anti-Semitism must be called out, confronted, condemned, uh, whenever it is encountered without exception. We're strong supporters of Israel, on and on and on. Well, I do think that's wonderful. I'm happy to give Nancy Pelosi and Democrats credit for what they did denounce. I want to talk today, I want to focus our show today on the big issues of what direction our country is headed. What do we face in the 2020 elections, the two pictures, the two paths for America's future laid out by the Democrat Party versus the Republican Party? Because on the American left, with the Democrats who now hold the majority in the House are supporting our our bills and ideas and principles that are profoundly and deeply un-American. There is no other way to describe them. The Green New Deal, I know we've talked about it in the show a couple times recently. We're going to be talking about the Green New Deal uh, at many levels. The idea of what that bill includes. And also, we're going to be talking about, in the right after this next break, we're going to be talking about a bill I briefly mentioned. Uh, it was H.R. 1. It is the first resolute, first bill that the Democrats submitted in this new Congress. And it is for nationalizing, it's um, basically NEF, nationalizing election fraud. It is absolutely astonishing when I, I will tell you after the next break, 
what this bill involves, what it would really do, the kinds of provisions that it has in it. Because nobody, nobody who wanted fair elections in this country could ever back this bill. Nobody who loves the free market system in America, loves the freedom of America, could ever back the Green New Deal. But these two astonishing, country-changing, power-grabbing, centralizing of power in Washington bills, destruction of the free market, economy of America under the Green New Deal, none of it is denounced by Nancy Pelosi or any of the Democrat leaders. Over the weekend, I had the opportunity to watch a town hall with a newly elected Democrat congressman. He, was, he wasn't taking verbal questions, but he's taking questions from the audience in written form. People could fill out an index card and send a question in. So he was asked, one of the questions he was asked was, what do you think about the Green New Deal? And his answer was, he hasn't signed on to it yet, but his answer was, well, you know, I'm sure in favor of, you know, taking care of the environment and, you know, clean air and clean water and, you know, heaven knows renewable energy. Hey, you know, here in Texas, we have so much sunshine. Surely we could make better use of it. Surely we could do better job with solar power. It was a mamby-pamby, you know, golly gee whiz kind of answer about who doesn't love clean environment, who's against clean air and clean water, as though that is what the Green New Deal is all about. The Green New Deal has about this much, about this much to do with environmental policy. The overwhelming majority of what is in the Green New Deal is the absolute socialist takeover of America. And I will back up everything I'm saying to you when we get to to talking about that a little later today. But my point in this first five is we have to be astute listeners. We have to be we, we, this is a time in this country, time in America, for informed patriots to speak up, stand up, ask questions, push back, push against the astonishing power grab America's left is engaged in in Washington right before our very eyes. And it's sold to us, sold to us by charlatans. I'm loving this is my word of the day. If you give me a word of the day, a charlatan is a person who pretends or claims to have more knowledge or skill than he or she possesses a quack. Okay, the Green New Deal brought to us by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know, she's, she doesn't even come up to the level of charlatan. She doesn't have any idea what she's talking about. But the serious Democrat leaders who signed on to her bill, the presidential contenders the Democrat signed, who have endorsed her bill, signed on, or given support in some way, these people do understand that bill is the absolute destruction of the energy industry in this country, absolute destruction of the free market system in this country, the absolute power grab takeover in Washington, taking over the control of the lives of all Americans. That's what the Green New Deal is. And the people at the power echelons, the highest cabal in the Demo- lead the Democrat Party, they know exactly what it is, and they're fine with it. So we come back from this break. I'm going to turn first to tell you what is really truly in this uh, nationalizing election fraud bill, H.R. 1, because you need to understand what it represents about the Democrat Party and their ter- and the willingness of their terms to present radical bills through charm, charlatan, and flat-out deception cheating. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Come right back.
Abby Georges. Again, welcome to America Can We Talk. Last week, or maybe two weeks ago, I mentioned to you one of the first bills the Democrat majority in the U.S. House proposed, H.R. 1, and I had some name for it. But I want to tell you what the Democrats are calling it and then tell you what's in it. You can now actually read what's in this bill. The Democrats are calling it the For the People Act. It is a bill that nationalizes the election process in this country. As the Democrats did when they nationalized the health care system under Obamacare, this is the complete takeover at the federal government level of the election code, of the election process, of all elections in America. It contains the, it institutionalizes, it legitimizes, it enables cheating, deception, dishonesty, the placing of people on voter rolls who are not citizens, their perpetuation, their remaining on the voter rolls, their ability to vote. It is a flat out effort to institutionalize cheating in our national elections, forcing states to take on the, adopt the provisions California adopted, which resulted in many obviously unfair outcomes in elections. But I want to be specific with you because I'll tell you, I mentioned in the first five today that I had had watched a town hall this past weekend, a newly elected Democrat in the U.S. Congress, and this was one of the bills he was bragging about. Yes, I'm I'm a big supporter for the People Act. The Democrats always come up with these great names for the people, like like as though there's someone who's against the people somewhere. But this for the people thing, his comment when someone asked about, well, what do you think about that? Or, you know, does it bother you or something? Some of the provisions. And his answer was, hey, it is just about transparency. It is just about making sure folks everywhere have a chance to get their names and voter rolls. Folks everywhere can vote, making it easy to vote. And, you know, he was mocking the criticism of Uh, people like me uh, by Republicans who are saying that this is just a power grab by the Democrats to take over the election system in this country. And he said, well, you know, Republicans are calling this a power grab. And hey, you know what? Let's get everybody involved we can in this election process, get people out there voting. And the politicians, the elected officials, they're going to have to make their pitch to more people. What's wrong with that? They've got to get people hearing them, what they're standing for and voting for them. And this is all part of the great grand American experiment. It sounded as wholesome as apple pie, as mom and dad mainstream, Main Street America, and the room that was filled with his supporters, his newly elected Democrat supporters, were cheering and clapping and yahooing after he was done explaining what a swell, great bill this is all about transparency. Let me explain just a few things that are actually in the bill. You'll understand why I'm saying that the Democrat policy, this is one, and the Green New Deal is another. There are more, but these two I want to hit on today. These are not just minor adjustments to our election process or minor corrections to confused pieces or problematic things in our election process. This is a complete nationalization of the election process, the complete takeover of control of the election process by the federal government. It is highly questionable whether it's constitutional. I'll talk about that in a moment. It may not even be constitutional, but... It is intended to spread the message that the Democrat Party is the one trying to get everybody involved, trying to get everyone in, encouraging people to vote. And so those mean Republicans who just don't want people to vote. Nothing could be further from the truth. But it's important to understand what the Democrats put in this bill. They're saying is all about 
prioritizing or you know making it a priority uh, around the country to get more people registered to vote number one in this country it has been the province the right the jurisdiction of each state to make their own determinations for qualifications for voters for example you know whether you have to have an address what you have to show when you sign up um, you know the various things that they use to qualify voters that is taken over entirely by the federal government and so you have the uh, qualifications for voters you know you may have a state that says for example you know you have to have registered to vote whatever it would be you know two weeks before election day a month before the states have all sorts of different standards for that this is saying no no this is what the states have no right and this is probably not constitutional, but no right to make those determinations about who has the, uh, you know, when you can, um, how you, who gets to register, what the, what the state's rules are. So let me just tell you some of the specifics. It forces the states to implement early voting. Now, I live in Texas. We have early voting. People like it here. I don't like it very well, but it's the law here. Other states don't have early voting. Some states have a month early. This is part of the idea of federalism. It's the idea that states have the authority to establish the rules, the laws in many arenas of governance, unless that area is specifically owned by the federal government under the Constitution. But it forces early voting, which is, by the way, the source of a lot of contention about fraud and dishonesty. It forces, and you have to understand how absurd this is, forces automatic voter registration for every person who is in any uh, any data bank of the federal, of the state government government for example everyone on welfare rolls is registered everyone on database of all kinds are are, are in, automatically registered everybody in the uh, department of motor vehicle you know if you have a license you're automatically registered to vote it doesn't so it takes away the right of the state to make laws like that how do we register when do you register what are the names from and there's no check permitted between gathering the names of people on the welfare rolls and putting them on the voter rolls. No check permitted about whether those people are citizens. Are they here illegally? Uh, are they felons, for example, who aren't, don't have the right to vote? It automatically places everyone's names on the voter rolls. You're starting with a, an overabundance. You're starting with more people in the voter rolls than probably have the legal right to vote. So they, they just stuff the voter roll basis. Um, so they're obviously registering ineligible voters, illegal aliens. They're also registering people who have, may have duplicate registrations, who may be registered, you know, where they came from or where they're about to move or they didn't register in the state you are. So you end up with a process where you register people automatically and people are going to be registered in more than one state. This is a recipe for massive voter registration fraud. All of this being gathered, uh, registration fraud by hackers and cyber criminals. It requires states to count ballots cast by voters outside of their assigned precinct. Right here in Texas, and I think in most states in the country, we vote by precinct. And so you have to go to the correct precinct to vote. This allows an orderly uh, implementation of the election process and has been the case for decades and maybe even hundreds of years. You have to go to the correct place and you and I've been a vote, uh, an election judge and been a clerk, all those different jobs. People come in and they're in the wrong precinct. You say, Hey Joe, I'm sorry. You know, they, you look the person up, you say, you know what? 
you need to go register over here or go vote over there and not here. So it takes away the state's ability to create an orderly election process. Can't have them voting by precinct. Um, it all, and also what that has allowed the state to do over time is let election officials monitor votes, staff polling places sufficiently because they know how many people should be coming in to vote, having enough ballots. Um, it also mandates no-fault absentee ballots. Absentee ballots allow, which you know, has been the, was the source in this last election cycle of massive, uh, what they call ballot harvesting in California. The idea that you, people don't register in person and they permit anyone to go around to collect alleged absentee ballots from people who can't come in to vote and turn those ballots in. It used to be the case that an individual, any individual could turn in one ballot or two ballots. California finally said, made the law recently, you know, that a someone who is collecting absentee ballots can collect as many as they want. You know, they can come up with, come in with 2,000 ballots in their hands, say, yep, these are no penalty for being dishonest about it. Very difficult to check. In fact, what happened in California was there were five or six congressional seats held by Republicans for a long time that appeared on election night to have been won again by the Republicans. And by the time these last minute ballot harvested, by that term, I mean, some of them are not real ballots. They are dishonestly cast ballots turned in and lo and behold, Republicans lost all those seats. This process of this absentee ballot and ballot harvesting is a recipe for intentional fraud used that way in California. And the Democrats are trying to make that a national mandate. It also, this new bill the Democrats are saying is to uh, encourage transparency and encourage people to vote, prevents election officials from checking the eligibility and qualifications of voters and to remove ineligible voters. So these people who end up in the voter rolls, who were added because their name was on the welfare office or some other database, and they're on the election rolls, the state doesn't have the authority to remove their names either when, even when you find out that they are not eligible to vote, cannot do it. It includes, and, and just want to think about, you tell me, if I, if I tell you this thing, you tell me what could possibly be the valid motive for this one. Currently, states will use the U.S. Postal Service's national change of address system to verify the address of registered voters. And so, and, and then organizations participate in programs that compare voter registration lists to, to detect individuals registered in multiple states. That, under this Democrat bill, is illegal. You can't use the post office database to figure out if someone's registered in your state and somewhere else. I mean, a prime way of cheating happens all the time is people registered in more than one state and voting in more than one state, voting early someplace, maybe a couple places, voting election day. This system of trying to weed out people who are registered in more than one state, it's now illegal to do that. I mean, not, it's not now illegal. If the Democrats had their way in this bill, this would be illegal. It also uh, pre prevents states from removing people who are registered to vote due to a failure to vote, no matter how much time has gone by. So someone doesn't vote for 20 years. I've never done this, but I know from having been election judge that sometimes our state, Texas, will send out something to say, hey, you know, Mr. Smith, you haven't voted in whatever it is, 12 years. You'll have to come in and re-register. Let us know if you still live here. I mean, obviously, you're do you have things like that in place to keep the voter rolls cleaned up 
from people who simply are not, they're not here anymore, they moved away, they've passed on, they don't want to vote, whatever their issue is, but you can't do that anymore. You can't take people's names off no matter how long. Okay, it also cripples the effectiveness of state voter ID laws, allows individuals to vote without an ID by merely signing a statement in which they claim they say who they are. Now, I'm telling you folks, if you are trying to write a bill to permit and encourage cheating, this is the bill you would write. This is what you would write down. This is what you would urge the Congress to do. There are all sorts of uh, First Amendment challenges uh, in this bill. I want to tell you a few more things in the bill because I don't want you to think that this is just some griping at the Democrats, assuming they're you know overstating what the bill could do, overstating the concerns. This is this is absolute surrender of electoral integrity. And so, the people who wrote it know this. They are perfectly aware of the mission. This should have been, if Nancy Pelosi is so determined to get up there and stand up and do the right thing and denounce this congresswoman from Minnesota who made all these anti-Semitic statements, she really ought to be denouncing if she were speaking with integrity, if she had integrity, she'd be saying, we can't do this. We cannot pass a bill that simply enables and foments and encourages voter manipulation, cheating, cheating in the system. I mean, it's just, it's the most absurd thing in the world. And they just keep it right up. Okay. Um, it also, uh, let's see, it has a bunch of regulations relating to government censorship of campaigns, political activity, online and policy related speeches, big First Amendment concerns, whether they can say what state officials can or cannot say about national elections. The bill also requires the states to restore the ability of all people convicted of felonies. You know, felons, people who've been convicted of a felon, felony, uh, in some states can vote. Sometimes they have to wait a few years or something after out. Some states they can never vote again. This is, you know, there's a wide range of things on this. This requires states to restore the ability of felons to vote the moment they are out of prison. Now, there's a constitutional question about this. Um, the 14th Amendment, Section 2, uh, gives the constitutional authority to decide when felons who committed crimes against their fellow citizens may vote again. So they're going to have a constitutional challenge on this one. But part of what's happening, I actually watched a little hearing they had in Washington. You could watch a hearing when this bill was being introduced. That all sorts of left-wing organizations there, including the people advocating for felons being allowed to vote. And... Um, Oh, another huge one, and in case you're at all thinking maybe this bill is still a good idea, the federal government, the Democrats in Washington, who someday hope to have the House, the Senate, and the White House again, the federal government draws redistricting lines. What could go wrong? I mean, <laughs> the idea, you're taking that away from the states and putting it in the hands of what the Democrats assume will be Democrat hands, to draw districts, I mean, they are, they are just, when people say this is a power grab, that is a nice term for this bill, a nice term from this bill. So it is a, it's a huge, huge problem. And I, I raise this to say, you know, this bill, it really isn't just that it's, it's so bad. It is so, it is so intended to permit and encourage cheating in elections. It is intended to allow people to vote who don't have the right to vote, intended to stymie the efforts to make correct voter rolls and to remove people who have moved away or registered in three states or are deceased. It stymies the efforts to clean up the rolls. 
It makes it very difficult for, for states to have laws in place that actually require uh, you that you prove who you are. So you have some sense of the integrity of the voting process. But it also ignores a very fundamental idea of federalism that the federal government really has no right to do this. They have no constitutional authority. But when I say this is a country changing thing. Two last points before we go to the break. It's a country changing thing because if the Democrats really got their way in this bill, there would be chaos, dishonesty, disruption. You would have every illegal alien in this country registered in every state in the country and they would be voting and there would be no one to say, wait, let me see your ID. Let me check. Are you a citizen? Who are none of that? This is this is absolutely the implementation of chaos and basically Democrat takeover. And they know that it is. And it doesn't outrage Nancy Pelosi. It doesn't worry her at all. It doesn't really worry the Democrat cabal. But the reason I want to go through so much of what is in the bill is because you're going to hear more and more Democrats in this country saying that all they're trying to do, all we're trying to do is encourage more Americans. They're going to have folksy, you know, July 4th parade, happy patriotic ways of describing. We're just trying to get more people to engage in the American experiment and in the, in the, in the integrity of voting and the American people involved in voting and shaping their future. They find words to sell their ideas, which are completely duplicitous and false. They are selling the Democrat power grab take over the nationalizing of our election process with folksy, homey, happy terms and hoping you won't notice that your electoral freedom, the integrity of the election system has been taken over by the Democrats. But we can't let that happen right now. One last point on this and I am going to go off my next thing. But, you know, right now, the Democrats cannot get this through the Senate. I mean, already, fortunately, at least in the Senate side, with Republicans having the majority, Mitch McConnell has just said, don't even bother sending it over and not doing this. So for now, it's not going to go to the Senate, so it can't become a law. But the other tactic Democrats use over and over and over and over and over and over and over is to get the ideas out there, plant the seeds, pick little, they will pick little pieces of this HR1. They'll stick little pieces, little ideas, just one segment of it into other bills we need to pass. So we'll have bills that are in some issue. We have pretty much bipartisan agreement. We can move forward and they'll stick in one little thing about the felons voting or one little thing about day of voter registration or one little piece. And then we'll be struggling with, well, are we going to tube this whole other bill we wanted to pass because the Democrats stuck that in there? Are we going to do that? They're going to push and push and push and push this. They need to hear a national pushback from the people so that our elected Republicans in Washington will not surrender this the, any, to any of this. This is that, you know, what we talked, I think last week or whenever it was, we talked about this idea of incremental, incrementalization, the idea that the federal government was designed in a way to only permit small changes, bit by bit changes. And so it was designed to not be a system where a new president could come to power and, a, and his political party just drastically changed the country. But this bill, this first of all, normalizing, legitimizing these outrageous election integrity destroying ideas. The idea the Democrats have is to introduce a big package, 
you know, take the blowback, take the criticisms, mock them if they can, ridicule, scorn, present it as a mom, you know, mom, July 4th, apple pie kind of proposal. Just golly gee, you know, we just want to help people vote. That's all we're trying to do here. And the ideas are floated around our system and they become something that's considered more normal, more reasonable. Well, maybe it wouldn't be so bad if every, everybody was permitted to de- have day of registration. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad if we had, you know, forced, if we, that if we just stop requiring ID. There will be efforts by the left to push and push and push their ideas until they have destroyed the integrity of our election system, unless there's major pushback now by every Republican in Washington Washington by you and by me. I'm Debbie George Addis. This is America Can We Talk. We're taking just a quick 30-second break, not even 30. Make that five-second break. Come back. I'm going to tell you about the Green New Deal, another country-changing, monolithic mess we must fight. Stay tuned. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I want to talk to you about the Green New Deal. This is another one. As I mentioned at the start of the show, if Nancy Pelosi were standing up for the ideas that are America, she would be calling out, as would the leader of the Democrat Party, calling out the extreme nature of the Green New Deal proposed by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm going to just run through some basic facts. because, And the reason I want to do this is I really want to urge you, tell your friends Tell your family members, tell your bridge club friends, tell your hiking club friends, whatever it is you do. Did you realize how radical this Green New Deal is? Do you realize what is in it, what it would do to America? Be part of the advocacy against this bill. You know, I use the expression a lot of times in my speeches and uh, just various uh, meetings I conduct that there are some things that are just what America is. America is a country founded, rooted, based in the idea of individual liberty. The idea that from our founding in the Declaration of Independence, simply because you were born, you have rights from God. We're a country rooted in individual liberty. There is no system on earth that can actually foment, protect, and give, give way, give, I don't know what the word right is, but you know, get that away to flourish, can give liberty away to flourish, except free markets. Socialism, you know, some ideas are America and their opposite are not America. Socialism is a not America idea. It is ugly and horrible. But what the Green New Deal is, it is the vehicle. The Green New Deal has this much to do with the environment. It is a vehicle to supplement, to to take away to destroy the free market system and bring in a socialized country, a socialized government, a socialized society where Washington controls every single bit of your life. This bill has so much in it, it has nothing to do with the environment. And I want you to share some of those things in case you did not know. To start with, to start with, all of this, you know, Green New Deal has to do with climate change. You know, this, the climate change fanatics, climate change alarmists are just saying that the whole, you know, we're just, 
we're practically, you know, 10 years from ruin if we don't do all these radical things that the left is asking for. I want to share some facts with you, actual facts about the Green New Deal and that if we even made the changes that they want. The point of this first piece is even if we did everything, everything we submitted to the entire takeover of the American economy based on what the left is asking for in the Green New Deal, it wouldn't change anything in terms of CO2 emissions or temperature. Let me explain. So in this country, the Green New Deal, it is intended, by the way, Ocasio-Cortez's language, a 10-year plan to mobilize every aspect of American society at a scale not seen since World War II to achieve a net zero greenhouse gas emissions, degrading or replacing, upgrading, excuse me, upgrading or replacing every building in the United States of America in the next 10 years. But she, and she even said, Ocasio-Cortez said, in case you think I'm exaggerating when I say this, is Bill is not about climate. Climate is the excuse for the socialist takeover of America. Even Ocasio-Cortez said in an NPR interview, the heart of the Green New Deal is social justice. Here's a few factoids. The U.S., could cut its carbon dioxide emissions 100% and it would not make any difference in abating global warming. Okay, this, this social justice deal they're offering, this, um, here, here's the actual information. This is from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. From their modeling, if America did everything that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants to do to this country, if we did everything using the IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change of the UN, using their modeling, the world would be 0.137 degrees cooler by the year 2100. So that's in 80 years, 81 years, in 81 years, if we did everything she wanted, the world would only be 0.137 degrees cooler. And if the entire world did everything she wanted, everything she's asking for, the entire world, again, using IPCC's modeling, the entire world doing it by the year 2100, the world would only be 0.137 two, seven, eight degrees cooler. So we're talking about 80, 81 years, not even one degree, and the entire world's Western civilization, use of energy resources, the comfort, I mean, everything we live in, the abundance and comfort would be changed, would be, nothing would have changed. We would have, we, we did what she wanted, we would have changed America, but it's not going to change the climate. I mean, the idea that we're somehow going to change the climate by that amount. So we're going to face hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for each individual person in America to make these changes when the impact is almost nothing. But I want to tell you, the way that the left sells this climate change stuff, and I, I want to hit a bunch of these points, but, but the way the left sells this climate change stuff is, because, is by telling you, making you think, well, you know, I'm not a climatologist. I'm not a PhD. There's a lot of people who are kind of worried. And so they can get you to agree to radical, radical left-wing government control of our country 
by causing you, making you fearful, thinking you don't understand is why the left has chosen this environmental angle because most people say, well, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to be the one. So I want to just play a couple clips for you and then if I, I'm going to run out of time. It's terrible. I have so much more to tell you, but play a couple clips for you. But I want to get this first point. The Democrats are trying to sell this bill as though we have just, you know, 10 years left and the world is going to end otherwise. So any amount of cost, any cost is justified, any impact, any hardship is all justified because we're in such an emergency. So here's Cory Booker running for president. Our planet is in peril and we need to be bold. It's one of the reasons why I signed on to the resolution, a co-sponsor of the resolution for the Green New Deal. And there's a lot of people now that are blowing back on the Green New Deal. They're like, oh, it's impractical. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, it's all of this. If we used to govern our dreams that way, we would have never gone to the moon. And when the planet has been in peril in the past, who came forward to save Earth from the scourge of of Nazi and totalitarian regimes? We came forward. Okay, this guy is a fearmonger. He is using that kind of language, that comparison to make people think, well, I don't dare disagree with the Democrats. I don't dare say anything because the planet is in peril. So we're going to do everything he wants, everything Alexandria wants, so that by the year 2100, the earth might be one degree cooler. And that has somehow justifies everything they're asking you to do. It's absurd. Another point. So tell your friends that change the bill would do is almost nothing. Second, the idea that all the, the, the uh, climate, climatologists, climate experts agree is a lie. In fact, you, may, you probably remember back in like 2014, Obama gave a speech someplace where he was essentially saying, I think it was 2014, he was just saying 97% of climate change, con- uh, basically he's saying 97% of climate change consensus includes, um, I'm sorry, he was saying 97% of climatologists agree that climate change is a massive, massive problem, man-made and, you know, lethal level destruction. When people talk about climate change, of course the climate is changing all the time. It's changed since before people were here. It changed, it changes all the time. It will continue to change. Of course, man's presence on earth and the things we do, such as burning fossil fuels, has some impact. But Obama was arguing, trying to tell America that 97% of climatologists agree that climate change is a real problem and agree man-made climate change is lethal. It's an impending disaster. And right after he said that, he had the 97% number. And that's where people started to say, well, gee, if 97% of climatologists agree, who are we to argue? We should do whatever they want. We'll just surrender everything. But there were climatologists that came out right away and said, no, 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 no. That's not, that is not accurate. The number 97 was just how many climatologists say that the climate is changing? Okay, in fact, probably should have been 100. I mean, obviously, it's always changing. But when you say, you know, climate changing and man-caused global warming or climate change is putting us in, in peril of destruction, is dangerous, the numbers drop way, way, way down. Obama lied to America when he said that not because he left the implication that 97% of climatologists agree that there's this massive peril and that's not true. In fact, there are a bunch of different studies right after that, people pointing out that is not true at all. Um, they, he had all sorts of uh, numbers I'm not finding quickly, but one of the studies said, you know, it's not even two thirds of climate so- scientists think that human, that mankind's contribution to the climate is dangerous. 
was it was barely two thirds even thought it was dangerous at all. I mean, the point is, this is not the emergency the left is creating. But when they create an emergency in the minds of the public, they are they're betting on you surrendering. They're betting on you surrendering your freedom, your well-being, your your liberty, your your entire country to let the climate climate change agenda be implemented by these power-hungry left-wingers in Washington. Next point I want to hit very quickly about this climate change thing is the cost. You know, one argument he made, well, I'll hit this clip in a second, but one argument that Cory Booker was making too is that, you know, so what What it costs? Yes, it's going to be very, very expensive. But, you know, we're, we're facing doom. We're all going to die in 10 years if we don't do this massive Democrat takeover of America in every, in every imaginable way. The whole world's going to end. Well, if you really thought the world was going to end and we're all going to die, I mean, all of us would say, sure, whatever amount of money it takes, it's always worth it. That's Ocasio-Cortez's argument. Look what we had to spend to fight the Nazis. Look what we spent to spend someone, send someone to the moon. This is more important. Sure, it's expensive, but we have to do it. Let me just tell you the rough numbers. Okay, first of all, the Dems cannot come up with $5.7 billion to fund the wall. That is just outrageous, too expensive, immoral to spend the money, blah, 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 blah. Okay, what Ocasio-Cortez is proposing will cost 8,000 times as much as the border wall. The Green New Deal will cost approximately $49.1 trillion, with a T, trillion. So she wants, our country is $22 trillion in debt, and we're worried about it. She wants to spend $49 trillion to go after a plan that will reduce our temperature maybe by under one degree. When there is no consensus, we have a massive, massive catastrophe pending. But she sells her plan through fear. I'm telling you back my original thing today through cheating, through her charlatans, this whole idea and and charmers, which some congressmen are, they're convincing us to sell, to give our liberty to them. Don't do it. Here's a great little clip of kids in college being told when they found out was really an AOC's bill and the, and the Green, Green New Deal, what they think. The number one trending thing on social media yesterday was her Green New Deal. It's a plan to combat climate change. It was already endorsed by multiple Democrat frontrunners for president in 2020. Yeah. Based on what you've heard of the plan, would you say you view it favorably or unfavorably? I view it favorably. I think that we need to cut our reliance on fossil fuels. It's definitely a great idea. I like that it's uh, progressive. I like that it is going to push the world forward in the way we need to be. If you're unwilling to work, we will still supply help for your salary and help no. for a living wage. No, absolutely not. If you're not willing to contribute to society, then I don't think that the people who are contributing should pay for you. So I, I disagree with that. I feel like it kind of sends the poor message of, you know, you can just get away with not doing anything and, you know, getting money. It's kind of stupid. Eliminating almost all air travel with high-speed rails. What's your thought on that? Uh, I feel like it's kind of the same one. It's like, I feel like 10 years is a little extreme for that. I don't think it should be eliminated altogether. Uh, I think it's definitely like can be an option. I think we should, the more options we have, the better. I think that's drastic. I haven't heard of that one yet. Yeah, I can't see that happening either, honestly. Okay. We've gone come so far to get to this point where we are right now with using these resources. And to say, oh, we have to get rid of it in 10 years seems a little too much to me. Based on what you've heard from these, does it change your perception of the plan at all? Yeah, a lot. Okay, folks. People have to know what's in this bill because it'll be just like these students you just saw. I think this is University of Miami. 
people think the Green New Deal is some happy environmental thing where only rich people will pay a little bit more and everything will be fine and we'll save the planet. And none of that is true. It's not just that we can't afford it. The, the can't afford it is true, but that's not really the biggest problem. It is a it is a massive, unnecessary, disastrous crushing of America's free market, of America, of freedom of America. It includes Medicare for all, health care for all, free health care for everybody, universal basic income, money to people unwilling to work, jobs for anyone who wants one, paid for by the federal government. It includes a whole host of things, air travel eliminated. Now, I'm going to tell you, Ocasio-Cortez and the ruling class, they're not going to stop flying. Just, just the rest of us peasants out here. This is socialist at its core, at its root, and my closing shot on today is this. We, everyone who understands the goodness, the greatness, the extraordinary goodness of this country, we need to be holding the Democrat Party accountable for this effort to nationalize our elections and the effort to take over our country with radical socialist ideas, force them to say they're with it or against it, force them to answer. Even at that town hall I was at, the guy was saying, well, you know, I'm, everyone loves clean air and clean water. And, you know, hey, who's, who's against, you know, more solar power? This is not about more solar power. This is not about using a little bit more of the renewable energy. This is a crushing of the energy industry in this America, fossil fuels, coal, all sorts of industries that employ Americans and keep us safe, comfortable, our homes warm in the winter, cool in the summer, our homes lit at night. This is an outrage. But again, with the way the Democrats work, this bill may be outrageous today. You may be listening to what's in it and saying, well, but that's not really going to happen. But this is how change happens in countries and cultures. Changes are proposed. And the people think, well, nothing could really change. We can't get that bad. Nothing, nothing so extraordinary, so outrageous would happen here. Yes, it could. Yes, it could. Look at Venezuela. Look at other countries in the world where the citizens signed on to radical ideas from their government because they didn't have the ability or the willingness to stand up for who they were as a free people. I'm Debbie Georges. This is America Can We Talk. Please, if you're on a Facebook page, like this Facebook page. So appreciate that. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Debbie Can We Talk. Email me at AmericaCanWeTalk at gmail.com. Go to my website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Every story I talked about today, I have links. You can read them all. You can read the articles yourself. So you'll know what I'm, that I'm talking about is real and true. Be part of the effort to stand up for this extraordinary country. And if you'd like to support what I'm doing and help me spread this message, consider donating to America Can We Talk so I can bring this message to more places. AmericaCanWeTalk.org, homepage, donate button. Hope you'll go there. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow at 3 p.m. And thank you to Matt, my producer, who wants me to stop talking because it's time to end. Talk to you tomorrow. America, can we talk? Truth about America. Destination for premium talk radio.